Hello and welcome to another edition of How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Emmanuel Penklis and joining me from his bunker is Michael Corbin. Michael, bonsoir, how are you? Uh, I'm I'm great, thanks Emmanuel. It was a nice weekend away. Uh, this bunker is actually a bit more efficient than the actual NRL bunker. So we should be in for a good podcast this week. Uh, straight off the bat though, I think what I want to talk about is the great game that was Thursday night, Roosters versus Storm. I know we harp on these two teams a bit and whatnot, but it just shows that when two quality teams play together, the product that is put on the TV is absolutely exceptional. Uh, It was a very different game for both teams. It was a bit sloppy. A lot of tries were scored off handling errors. But, oh, what a a game. It was so intense. The hitting was hard. And, yeah, I... Even even though the Roosters lost, I loved watching it. It is the kind of game that really makes you just say, how good is rugby league? It is just uh, one of those beautiful games. You wait for it. You you just hang there with the excitement. At the at top of the table clash or, or two mighty teams going at it and end to end. And it's that never say die attitude. And you know, I loved watching... Um, I loved watching the desperation from both teams. It was never, it was never enough for a player just to, to, to grab a loose ball. Um, Cordner offloaded to Tedesco. It was intercepted. It's not sort of, I'm going to go to ground. It's, I'm going to, I'm going to make a break. It is uh, Morris fighting to offload the ball to Flanagan. It is, it is these little 110% plays that you just see from these top two teams that make you say, how good is rugby league? And, Michael, did you see the shout-out our podcast got on Twitter last week? <laughs> I, th- I think I think it was one of the most tweeted things after the match. Uh, Ryan, ha- Ryan Pappenhausen, Christian Welch, all tweeting, how good is rugby league? Uh, thanks for the shout-out, boys, <laughs> even if it wasn't intentional. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was... The game was just incredible to watch. One thing that I, as a Roosters fan, I'm going to take away from it is watching Carl Flanagan... In the last minute, of, last two minutes of the game, Roosters get a penalty 30 metres out on the sideline. He goes and picks the ball up, points the goalpost and says to his captain, I've got this, and nails a sideline conversion. Seeing that from a kid who's 15 games into his first grade career or however many it is, it's just so great to watch for, for a Roosters fan. But uh, yeah, geez, that, that field goal, once Pappenhausen hit it, I'm like, damn it, this... This is, yeah, this is awesome a tough one. I don't, I, I don't know whether we can come back from that. <laughs> awesome performance. I mean, you don't really expect, expect in a team with Smith, you don't really expect the clutch play to come from Pappenhausen, but um, stood up to the occasion, hit it so beautifully. Uh, I, I love those sort of games. That Just whoever it is, it, it's just so exciting. And uh, we had it a few years ago. Broncos Cowboys had quite a few contests like that. Um, we had it South Roosters about six years ago. Uh, Manly Roosters had a couple of them too. When you when you just get your top teams playing those really those really high quality games of football, there there really is nothing better to watch. And and you, you know it kind of makes worth watching so many games with the Titans and the Bulldogs and the Broncos every week where you get absolutely nothing. 
so worth it to see a performance of those of that caliber from those two teams. Yeah, one thing I would like to point out is that, you know, in previous times, these, these teams have always had really close matchups the last three or four years. Uh, there was that famous 8-9 game down in Adelaide. And I think what the rule, the new rule changes have done is you're still going to get those close contests, but instead of a an 8-9, a 10-12 game like we saw last year in the semifinal, you get a 27-25 to game, which is really great to watch. There's more ball in play, players are more fatigued, more points are going to be scored, and that's what people want to see. Yeah, and, and that is the direct impact of having... You don't have that settling period where you go 2-0, 2-all, 4-2, 4-all, 10-4 because the penalty goals, the options of them aren't there anymore, really. Yeah. Um, or, they, or they're less prevalent in the game. So, um, great to see high-scoring football because, you know what, if it was uh, 11-9, no one would be talking about it being the game it was because there's not enough points. It's grinding. It's gritty. It's that old Melbourne style. And now you're seeing Melbourne score 27 points against the Roosters side that don't let anyone usually score more than 10. Yeah. Yeah. Great so, stuff. Great great game all around, even though we lost. Bit heart, bit uh, heartbreaking, but whatever. It's a regular season, and come finals time, you'll get a better Roosters team, hopefully. Uh, now, there's a few headlines out of the weekend as well. A couple uh, incidents that I, I believe players would want, want back. Uh, Joey Leilua, I have no idea what he was thinking, but um, yeah, what what he did was just uh, unforgivable. It's, it's stupid. It's, it's hot headed, and it's what he's kind of known for. It's coach killing stuff, really, isn't it? I mean, uh, Tigers have been humming along nicely. This was a game they were going to struggle with. Um, they did well. They kept um, Penrith to seven uh, to a difference of seven. Um, but, you, you know, you just see this and you think this is the one thing that can't be coached. You can't coach this sort of hot-headedness, as you said, uh, ill-discipline, just bizarre behaviour. How else can you justify it? Absolutely absurd stuff. Um, it costs his team for the next three or four weeks. Fortunately, Souths are coming up against the Tigers this week, so no complaints from me. But at the same it's just not what you want. It, it's the selfish behaviour that, that would just frustrate any coach, any teammate uh, can't justify it, and you just got to sort of live with it. Yeah, Panthers are actually uh, Tigers are actually in the in the game. They they were holding steady with Panthers, and we've talked about Panthers on this podcast before. They're they're a contender this year. So to, to, for Tigers to do what they did uh, before the brain snap happened was uh, you know really good signs for them. Uh, they lose a strike center for the next couple of weeks. Uh, I know everyone. Uh, says that he's a terrible signing and whatnot, but he does give you that element in attack that uh, is very, very versatile and hard to stop. So, uh, yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be missed uh, for the next. I think he got a six. Is it six weeks? Is that what he got, or is it four weeks? Yeah, so he's out for four weeks, uh, which which is costly for them. So, I mean, as I said, humming along nicely. Uh, big game this week. Two teams sitting on the fringe of the eight. I mean, you, they'd be wanting to go in with a full contingent to this one. So, um, yeah, Madge won't be happy. No, not at all. And uh, the other incident from the weekend was Adam Fanua Blake uh, berating the referee after a <coughs> questionable call, a probably a bad call. But... Regardless of uh, the call and the mistake the referee made, what he said was unforgivable. 
Uh, he shouldn't be saying it. And yeah, I think he deserves the punishment that he's received for that incident. Yeah. I and, repeat those words. Know, uh, no, definitely not going to repeat those words. And the fact is, you know, the first thing we did was hear about the, the initial incident. Uh, and then there was the leaked referees report talking about uh, follow-up comments as well. So two separate comments. Um, terrible look for the game. I, I commend Peter Volandis. He came out so strongly against it. Um, you know, um, Hasler, I thought, handled it very well in his press conference. He sort of just, you know, drew a line in the sand uh, and moved on from it. It's it's just it, it, it's not often I really agree with uh, Paul Kent, but. He made a very valid point. His arguments were that, you know, the last six weeks, the NRL has been cruising along. Uh, the rule change has been wonderful for the game. Uh, the coverage has been wonderful. Um, we're not having the disruptions the AFL is about to have yet, other than Melbourne. Um, and then this week, we had um, Leilua on Edwards. We had um, referee this incident um, with Fenua Blake and the referees. And it's just these little... Little things that tarnish the reputation that, that become the focal point of the game. And so if we can stamp these out and, and, and sort these out, then, you know, it's very unfortunate um, choice of words, disgusting things to say, and hopefully that's it, move on, and we, we just continue to stamp this out of the game. Yeah, and unfortunately for Manly, they keep on sliding without Tom. So it's going to be even harder missing one of their uh, powerhouses in the front row for the next three weeks. Last week, we talked about him. Uh, the, I, I Actually, sorry, I, I do want to... They, they versed the Knights this week. I do want to talk about the Knights. Um, I'm a little concerned about how uninspiring their attack has been over the last couple of weeks. They rely so heavily on their forward pack but I don't know, just Kalen Pong has gone missing the last couple of weeks from my mind. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had someone ask, is he the Michael Jordan of the NRL? Nowhere near it at this point. He's, he's disappeared the last two games. And uh, it's, has, do you think it's got anything to do with the, the new contract he signed? Well, you'd be far more comfortable having just inked that than you would have been two weeks before signing it. So, yeah, I... I don't mid-season blues maybe I don't know just a bit of the polish has come off uh, a bit of a reset this is the and you know but we spoke about this in the first couple of rounds Corbs we we spoke about this that we, Newcastle were riding high last year too they were going well and then it all came crashing down last time it was the distraction of Mitchell Pierce making Origin they had that huge win this is last season could this be a, a turning point for them but, uh, yes okay. They beat Manly, but Manly have been, you know, they, they've come off that um, rather sour performance against Cronulla. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Newcastle, just sort of a couple of questions there. Uh, as I said before, nice to see them up there uh, after a very lengthy rebuild. But this is a bit of a crunch period for them too, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, I said a couple of weeks ago when we were doing, I asked you the question, do you think that they can win the comp. And my thoughts on them not being able to win it are just being uh, strengthened over the last couple of weeks from what I've seen. I uh, just don't think they have that that spark yet to go all the way. Yeah. Well, for my, like, based on what I've seen, and I have to say, going back to the, the, the big game last week, that, you know, Melbourne loved the idea of being ridden off. They, they thrive on it. They protect their reputation. They protect their... their uh, their legacy of the last 10 years. 
And so before that last weekend, I would have said that the comp had become a bit of a three-horse race between Parra, Penrith and the Roosters. You can't discount Melbourne. Um, I haven't, as I said, like Canberra, I'm still struggling to see what's going on there. So um, massive test, though, for Newcastle if they want to stand premiership credentials because this week they do come up against Parramatta. Massive game on Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, let's see what comes out of that. How will they perform? I said... I, I think that Para will be too strong, but you know, good ch- good test, good good test for Newcastle. Yeah, Paras even without Mitchell Moses, they're flying at the moment. Clint Gufferson uh, is having a career year. We may have picked the wrong Parramatta player to win Dally M because he's at the top of the table at the moment. But we did pick Para to end up top of the table, so we're <laughs> one out of two. <laughs> yeah, can't get everything right. Now, Michael. We can't really have a podcast each week unless we bring up our favourite club in the whole competition at the moment, the Brisbane Broncos, who yep. uh, have now lost six in a row. They went down to the Warriors, who uh, have had challenges of their own, but I thought did remarkably well on the weekend. Um, we're not going to really talk about... I don't want to touch too much on the performance of Brisbane because it's just been headlines all week, but... I think the state of the club is very well summarised by um, David Fafida talk. And the, the talk about David Fafida reminds me so much of when you had someone like Tedesco and Moses and Woods and Brooks all at the Tigers. And it was a club not doing well. And you get these other clubs come along and, and sort of pick off your best players. And the big four became Luke Brooks. And here we have a situation where David Fafita is undoubtedly the, the best young forward in the game in a, <clears throat> a team that's got the potential to be a, a, an incredible forward pack in the future, if not already. And I think, you know, the, the debacle we've seen in the last couple of days um, with his contract and his future and leaks about Brisbane coming and struggling to sign him is sort of a, a real indictment on where the club is at right now, don't you think? Yeah, uh... So, for those who don't know, this morning the news broke by Fox Sports that uh, David Fafita uh, would not be re-signing with the Broncos. They would have to let him go because uh, the cap hit would be too much for them and they have other other more pressing issues. Uh, and then uh, Fafita came out, or he, someone came out and said that, no, that's not true. Fafita actually wants to stay with the Broncos. He's doing a backflip on the Titans. And now the latest news is that uh, he wants to stay with the Broncos, but he wants to go on loan to the Titans next year for a, a big payout uh, for a one-year loan deal. So, yeah, who knows what's going on there? There's a lot of... Uh, I think there's just a lot of miscommunication between uh, players, management, agents, and whatnot. And, yeah, it's it's a bit of a mess. And as you said, it highlights... You know just how uh, volatile that Broncos situation is at this present time. Yeah, it it you it's it's a struggle to believe that this is happening to Brisbane. This is, and I think the biggest um, sort of slap in the face to Brisbane is that he wants to go to the Titans. Yeah, it's the a little Titans, brother. little brother down the road who is not top of the table team. Just like the performance wise. I, it's it's crazy to believe that that's happening. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't understand the move by the Titans either. Uh, like he's not 
he's a forward. He's not gonna. He's not a. He's not in one of those crucial, uh, you know, positions in your spine or anything like that. So I don't see. I don't understand the money that's being thrown at a forward this young in his career. I, it doesn't quite make sense to me. I understand he's a phenomenal talent, but yeah, it, it's it doesn't seem like the right move for a team for teams that are struggling. And I understand why if the if the money got too high, the Broncos were like, that's fine, go. We need we need to sort other things out elsewhere. That would make sense to me. Yeah. I understand it's difficult to lose a player like that, but it can happen. And if you play it right, you know, it can benefit you in the long run. Yeah. But at the same time, we are we aren't talking about a, a marquee club in the competition. It's a cash cashed up club that just struggles to attack talent, attract talent. So um, the hope, I think, is that you you sign a player like this on the loan, you keep him for longer, and you you bring talent across that wants to play alongside David Fafita. Mm. Um, I mean, whether that strategy works, I don't know. I, I like to call it the Roy Asatasi effect. Um, just coined <laughs> it just then, <laughs> but I I assume that's what they're trying to do. So um, yeah, interesting times north of the border. Yeah, very very interesting. Uh, all right, I think that covers the majority of the headlines for the week. Uh, should we get into the coming, uh, the upcoming week? Get into some tips. Yeah, let's get into yeah. it. So Thursday yeah. night. Yeah, go for it. Uh, if you're going to ask how I went, I didn't go very well, so I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to rub it in one more time. Uh, I think I, I tipped the Titans. What the hell was I thinking? That's it. I'm. Uh, I was going to say I'm tipping Cronulla this week, but they're playing the Sharks, so I can't risk that one. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Anyway. Let's get into it. First game of the round. Yep. Go for it. Cowboys, Roosters, uh, Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Um, Val Holmes on the wing. Justin was injured. Opacek's dropping out. Um, Cowboys have very high score. Uh, average for scoring points up there. They've averaged 26 points per game. They will need all those points if they're going to beat the Roosters, who are um, without Daniel Tupo and Boyd Cordner. Jeez, they've got a climbing injury, injury ward, don't they? Um, Ryan Hall's in, Orbison's in, Lachlan Lamb is in, and Brett and Josh Morris are on absolute fire. Yeah, uh, Roosters are taking a bit of a, uh, you know, Bit of a beating in the injury ward at the moment. Uh, Boyd Corden is being rested after that uh, late concussion on uh, last Thursday. So he's just getting a precautionary rest. And like, honestly, if any player ever needed a rest, it's Boyd Corden. He looks like he's about to die after every game. Um, the big, Yeah, the big news out of this game, uh, this matchup, is that Val Holmes has been shifted to the wing. He is arguably the best winger in the competition. And there's been questions raised about his play at fullback. So I think it's a bold move by Paul Green. Uh, it's going to be a tough che- uh, test for Hamas Altibo, though, against the Roosters. And, you know, he's coming up against the best fullback in the game. So should be a tough, uh, very tough test up there. Uh, even with all the outs, I'm still tipping the Roosters. I, I, I still don't know what I'm going to get out of the Cowboys from each, each week to week. Yeah, I'm going to the Roosters too. Struggling to have faith in the Cowboys. Um, hard to tip against the Roosters. Uh, but that was a big game last week, though. And it depends. Will they come out of that exhausted? Um, they had a good enough turnaround, so yeah, maybe not. Seven days. All right. Yeah. 
Next game of the round. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> okay, Titans Warriors. Emmanuel. Michael. This isn't even the worst like game nice of the. Ra- this isn't even the worst game of the round. Um, I know. I know. Jeez. Oh, geez. I'm. I'm going to go the. I'm going to go the Titans. I'm going um, the Titans as well. I can't believe I'm doing it, even after the Warriors won last week. I don't know. I just think the Titans can can get it. Uh, have it. Have it. Has it in them to to beat this Warriors team. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Um, yeah. RTS is back for the Warriors. Um, Cody Nicarima is out. Yeah. But I. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm very indifferent on this game. I, I kind of want to see the Titans win more. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, jazz, I'm indifferent. Jazz, I'm, having... jazz Tavanga on the bench could be a big inclusion for the Warriors. He was great for them last year. But yeah, I just. I think the Warriors are having an up and down season. I can't see them putting back to back wins together. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. Having said that, they were so spirited last week, but I think the Titans will just show more grit against anyone than the Broncos will at the moment. So I'm going, I'm going for the Titans on that. Um, yeah. Now Thursday, uh, Friday, the second game is Souths and the Tigers. Um, Braden Burns is out for us for the season. Our um, injury ward is climbing. And um, luckily, he's a centre because that's the only position we seem to have depth. Um, so, Braden Burns out. Um, Bailey Sirenen's back um, on the bench. Um, Corey Allen and Masters are reserves. Um, but who knows what's going on. For the Tigers, Cheekham moves to centres uh, with Leilua suspended, as we discussed. And Chris Warren's on the bench. Um, yeah. This is a big game. This is a big game. It's a bit of a bogey game for Souths as well, I believe. Tigers do have your number, I think, over the last couple of years. Yeah, and they beat us last year at Bankwest. They beat us fourteen nine. Yeah, um, we we were leading nine eight with about two minutes to go, uh, and then some sloppy defence and fatigue through the middle really cost us. Jeez, um, it's tricky. I don't know. Souths were Souths were uninspiring last week against the Dogs. Yeah. Based off based off what I've seen the last couple of weeks, I've actually really enjoyed watching how the Tigers play, and I am sticking with the Tigers. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm going to go with the Tigers as well. Um, I, Souths have a better team; they just can't get it together. Damian Cook has been frustrating this season. The forwards aren't making room for him. It's just all a bit sort of filling the numbers for Souths at the moment. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'll go with think- the Tigers. I think Latrell needs to get a bit more involved for me to, you know, give him the give the bunnies a an up in this game. He just seems to have one or two plays a game, but at that fullback position, you need him involved a bit more. Even I know he's not going to be Tedesco, but a bit more Latrell. Yeah, I know. Uh, with the, the amount of strike power in the team, we should be performing better. Yeah. So. Um, now, Saturday afternoon, 3 p.m. This will be a good game. I actually, Sharks yeah. and this, this will Sharks be a great Penrith. game. Mm. This will be a very, very, very good game, I think. Sharks have uh, gotten a lot better the last couple of weeks. Sean Johnson is playing great. Um, yeah. That's, I've called the Panthers because they're the Panthers and I think they're one of the best teams in the comp. But I, I think Sharks are going to test them a bit. 
Yeah, it, I think it'll be quite a gritty performance. Moylan's out again with his hamstring, which is just a perennial problem um, and probably comes to a point where a club would think, well, what value are we getting out of this? Um, Dugan's at fullback, Goodwin's in the centre. <clears throat> Madalino is back from injury on the wing. Um, Fafita has been named to start, but is likely to shift. Um, and then for Penrith, To'o is out and Fare comes back in at centre with Naden shifting to the flank. I think it's going to be... I think Cronulla is going to grind them and I think Penrith will get it done late. Yeah, I think... Yeah, it's unfortunate about Matt Moylan. I think that his time playing fullback in the NRL is done. I think the miles on his legs are just getting a bit too much. Um, Dugan's Dugan's fine back there. Uh, but yeah, the the like I said earlier, Sean Johnson's been the shining light for Cronulla this year. He's really stepped up. He's leading the NRL in try assists by a decent margin. He's up there in the Dally M's. Uh, and yeah, I think I think one thing that's really helped them is Blake Braley's getting a full 80 minutes which he can do. And for feeder off the bench has been a good inclusion. It's, it's, you know, he had a barnstorming run over the weekend, which you haven't seen for a long time. So yeah, the, the sharks are on the up. Uh, they're going to be one of those fringe eight teams, I think, but Penrith, I think are just too classy. Nathan Cleary has been phenomenal the last few weeks. And yeah, I think the Penrith pack is also very strong. Yeah. Hard to tip against them when they're looking this good, yeah. um, but great matchup all the same. Better than what is the next game? Broncos Bulldogs, five thirty p.m. at Suncorp Stadium. You got a team that doesn't know how to win against a team that doesn't know how to score points, uh, which makes for a riveting affair. Which one's which? Um, I knew you'd ask. I'll leave that to you. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll leave that to the imagination. Um, yeah. This game's at Suncorp. The Dogs haven't won there since twenty fifteen. Do you know, when I was a kid, I used to love watching this game. It was two really big clubs. Yeah. It was Bulldogs were, Bulldogs were phenomenal in, and Brisbane incredible during those uh, early to mid-2000s. I just don't know where it's all gone so wrong for both of them. Um, Seabold has named the same 17 as last week. Um, yeah, there's a bit of a forward shuffle. Pangai Jr. moves to prop. Flegler to the bench, Corey Oates in the second row. Um, they're expecting Stags to return this week yeah. from a hamstring, but they're a risky injury to rush back from. So um, there's talk about Boyd, Farnworth, or Asako making way for him. Um, and if they do lose, it'll be the seventh straight loss for the Broncos for the first time since 2005. Um, Luke Thompson is expected to start for the Dogs, which could add a bit of spark, a bit of grunt to their pack, but he'll be well-matched with Brisbane's pack. Michael, who are you tipping? I don't, <laughs> want, to tip, I don't want to tip either team, really. Neither deserve uh, my tip, but I'm going to go the Broncos. I think Adam Elliott was a big loss for the Dogs. He was one of their best all season. Uh, I, I, I raved about Luke Thompson last week. He was on the extended bench. Didn't get some time, but... Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it, the the pace of this game is going to be a bit startling at first, but I think he's going to find his feet eventually. I just don't think that this is going to be his best week. Um, yeah, and you know, Hopper White is still out. Um, DWZ didn't look great at fullback last week, and the Dogs just yeah they haven't been able to do anything the last few weeks. It's it's 
troubling signs there. If the Broncos can get to an all right start, which they did against the Warriors, and they what the Warrior the sorry, the Broncos issue at the moment is that when things go a little wrong, like they have a couple drop balls here and there, it they go into a tailspin. Uh, so if they can avoid that tailspin and just you know stay in the fight, they they I think they're going to get up. I just don't the Bronco the the Bulldogs just don't have any any spark for me to tip them. Yeah, I think if Hopewadi was playing, we probably wouldn't be having so much of a discussion about it. But hard to see where dogs can get many points from. Um, so I'm going to go Brisbane as well, but very very reluctantly. Mm. Um, now, 7.30 game is two teams that met in round three. You've got yep. Raiders play the Storm. Canberra won this uh, when the competition re- resumed in May. I'm not so sure they will win this one, though. No, I I have also, I'm, I'm going Melbourne. Uh, Canberra's forward back has been decimated by injury the last couple of weeks. You've lost Corey Horsburgh. John Bateman's still out. Asiya Soliola's gone. Uh, so they've lost a lot of big middle forwards, um, and a lot of them are going to be long-term injuries. I I liked what I saw out of Melbourne last week. I don't think they're going to want to lose twice to Canberra, and even despite it being in Canberra on a Saturday night when it's supposed to be minus temperatures and freezing cold, I think. Yeah, and first think, game back there, or is it yeah, second game back there? Second game, I think they're there on the weekend. Second game, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Second game back there. The other thing is that uh, Raiders have actually won their past three games against the Storm. Yeah. So, at what point does it become psychological? Um, but I think Melbourne, Melbourne, for me, will win this game. Um, I'm feeling quite sorry for Ricky Stewart because having a terrible injury crisis and then you've got the John Bateman contract saga that's gone on as well. So, um, which has seemed to have gone on since grand final week. So... Um, tough times, but I'm going for the Storm um, yep. in a closer, close game, um, probably by a couple of points or something. Yeah, it'll be gritty, it'll be tough, but yeah, Melbourne, Melbourne get the victory for me. Uh, Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. You mentioned it earlier. One of the games of the rounds, Knights versus Eels, up at Central Coast Stadium, I believe. McDonald Jones. McDonald Jones. So they're back in Newcastle. That'll that'll help back them, in New- I believe. Yeah. The true fans go. will go. Uh, I'm going the Eels because I think it's very hard to tip against Power. Yeah. For me, Power win this. Newcastle have been lackluster. They do have a good record against them at the moment, though. They've won four of their past five. Um, but this is a different Eels team this year. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think Power will only lose two more games this season. Um, and I don't think it's going to be against Newcastle. No, Parra have been phenomenal, even, as I said, without Moses. Uh, Click Guffers has really stood up. Dylan Brown is looking fantastic this year, and he's really turning into one of those young guns who's going to be, you know, that, that pairing's going to uh, stay strong for a long time, and their forward pack is also brilliant. So, yeah, Parramatta, for me, are going to get the win, I think. Yeah, Newcastle have um, some, you know, they've got a, uh, a couple of players out. Edric Lee's out. So Tex Hoy is going to start. Um, Sione Mataria is out. Um, so Guerra starts in the back row. Um, Connor Watson's been named uh, in the reserves and could come back onto the bench. Uh, without Moses, 
they looked pretty good last week. So yep. I'd back them to do it again. Yep. And last game of the round, uh, Sunday night, we have the Dragons versus the Manly Sea Eagles. This one's a tough one. This is a tough one. Oh, they're dropping like flies at Manly. Uh, but can you, can you tip the Dragons? Can you actually trust them to do it? Dragons, Dragons put in some fight late in that game. They were down big and they came back late. Uh, they're going to be missing Lomax. I think he's under a very heavy injury cloud. I'd, I'd, I'd be very surprised if he suited up. Um, so, geez, I don't. I really don't know on this one. I've, um, I've got ben the Hunt Dragons. At yeah, and Cameron McInnes at lock. Um, yeah. I've gone the Dragons. Really, jeez. Mm. Mm. I'm going to take Manly then. Words. I've got, I've got a squid. <laughs> we have to squid. Well, that, means, that means I'm getting it right. Um, yeah. That means I'm getting another four and you're getting another five. <laughs> yep. Hey, I got six last Yeah. How did you? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That should be an all right game. Hasler's got the wood on McGregor. Um, I expect yeah. Desi's going to give him the spiel. This is, I mean, this is not... This is not your. Um, this is not a Cronulla. This is not a uh, Newcastle. This is a bit of a weaker team. I know that they've lost a couple more players since, but I'm thinking Manly will actually get this done. So we've yeah. both gone the Roosters to win in North Queensland. We've tipped the Titans to beat the Warriors. Uh, we both think that the Tigers will beat Souths. We reckon Penrith will get the job done against Cronulla. The Broncos to beat the Dogs, although. None of us are confident about that tip. Melbourne to win in Canberra. Newcastle will lose. Sorry. Eels will beat Newcastle. I was going to say Newcastle will lose to the Eels, but Eels will beat Newcastle. And um, on the final game, you've gone for St. George and I've gone for Manly. Yeah. So um, anyone that listens to this knows you must really not think Manly is very good because you absolutely hate Dragons. Yeah, pretty much, and yeah, I can't, I can't believe I just said the Dragons are going to win a game. But yeah, uh, there's uh, the times. Well, Emmanuel, I think that's it for the week. A uh, bit of a shorter one this week, which is nice. Uh, any closing remarks? I really think the competition's really started. I, I know that tipping should be really easy. It's really not, but I think the competition is really starting to become clearer. Um, if you look at the ladder uh, and the for and against of the bottom six teams. Bottom six teams are all negative and the rest of the competition's positive, which I think is really a sign of there's about 10 teams uh, in this competition. As we've said, five or six of them are definitely going to be there. The final few are going to be fighting for those spots. Um, but for mine, it's uh, the Roosters, uh, the Eels and the Panthers are the, are the definites uh, to play in November. Uh, and Melbourne and Canberra, Newcastle probably a bit behind that. And then the other four. So yeah, we will probably review that all in a couple of weeks after round 10, but that's how it's looking in my opinion. Anyway, we have plenty of time to discuss that, but Corbs, as always, great to podcast. And one more thing, how good is rugby league? How good is rugby league? Thanks guys.